It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tiger. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. Brought to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Podcasted at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at bzetechshow. My name's Laura Perry and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Natalie Bucknell and Michael Steindl. Hi, guys. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Today we'll be talking to Dennis Ginevan from Totally Renewable Yakadanda, uh, or TRI. They have the ambition of transitioning the town to renewables for all of their electricity by 2022. As part of, the, um, uh, as, as part of this, they're working with Osnet and Mondo Power to develop a mini-grid in their town. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Welcome to our show. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. Uh, firstly, um, can you just tell us a little bit about Totally Renewable Yakadanda? Yeah, th- um, thanks very much for the opportunity to, to do this. So t- Totally Renewable Yakadanda is a small community group um, that merged uh, out of uh, a lot of previous activity in 2014. It just got started around then. Um, and it has that aspirational goal, as you said, to, to um, work towards 100% renewable for the the town and the surrounding community. Um, it's an all-voluntary group. It's it's apolitical. It's not trying to position itself in, on that spectrum. And what it's trying to do is just to encourage people to create opportunities for people to be aware of um, the ways in which um, they can go renewable if, and, and look at the, oppo- uh, the advantages for them to do so. So it's an aspirational goal out there, but we're not, it's not as if it's the f- only way in which success will be determined as if that actually happens but that's certainly it's a really good way to have a goal that means everyone can focus on the same idea so what's your involvement been with try well it started um when it first began i I was um i'd say i was just a you know i need other people to say this too but like i just a normal guy living in a house in the community not into renewable energy so when when Total Renewable Yak got started, one of the things that they did in the early, very early days was to run this uh, process called Build Busters. So you could go in and show them, the, show them your power bills and then they would actually look at them and your usage and the time and everything else and then consider whether a, a solar option might be in the mix. So it's really like an educative thing from people who we respected because we knew them in, the, in our own community. Um, so that was the first thing uh, when I got involved. I really started from a, like a zero, you know, um, engagement, so to speak. And not long after that, they, um, I was involved in the v- development of a small video expressing all of that, um, uh, the position of a, of a couple, Helen and I, living in a house about eight k's out of Yak. Um, well, what? Who do you talk to? Is it a good idea? How's it going to look on my house anyway? So a lot of those sort of 
concerns, background concerns that people or hesitations that people might have had about considering renewable energy. We, we put that into a video where we're, we, they used us as a test case to sort of talk about this journey. So then since then, I've, I'm just a member of the committee now and I've uh, been doing what I can to support the broader the broader um, goals and the people on the team. Some are very busy already. There's a lot of interest in what, what's happening now. So I'm doing a bit of the away team stuff, speaking at events like the meeting last night in Melbourne. And so uh, what's the idea uh, behind the mini-grid in Yak? Well, the mini-grid is one project that's being uh, put together. And so the idea is that um, uh, because of the, the community's engagement with the possibilities of renewable energy and, and commitments, um, Osnet Services actually uh, d- developed a proposal and came to the town last late last year um, and we facilitated a meeting, a public meetings, uh, where uh, where about 300 people turned up in total, and that was in effect Osnet putting to the town. Here's an idea that we think we would like to give it, give it a go. So the mini grid, the first one, is the idea is a, in a small area. We we call it a suburb of Yakandanda, but Yak's only a small <laughs> small town anyway. So it's a small number of houses, and maybe 30 houses in a new in a new development area where they've decided to look at getting uh, testing this idea of a mini-grid where all the, all the houses in that area, if, if not having solar panels now, may in the future, but to connect them together. And it's, it's, in, a, it's in a way it's, like it's, an inter, it's an internal separate grid. So power generated off solar panels in those houses um, uh, in a, it can be sort of shared within. So if one house is um, generating power and another um, needs it, then there's a monitoring system that will actually shift the power from that's coming into one, one or more solar panel um, properties to go into the other. And so what this, scale a, is this grid? Uh, it's 30 houses. 30 houses? Okay. Yeah. It's a, that's, that's in broad terms. I'm not sure of the final number. And, and they're not in. talking about being totally self-sufficient. It's, it's just sharing but also still grid-connected. Yeah, I think that it, the, 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 there will be a grid connection and whilst this is like a trial period of um, just you know, giving this a go, but um, the idea would be over time that the monitoring system and the Osnet have a and Mondo Power. Um, I've been speaking about this monitoring th- idea called UBI, UBI, mm-hmm. which is short for you, you know, or an, ac- an acronym for um, uh, u- ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically like a, a global monitoring of both individual houses. Each, each household would have a monitoring unit, and and the system as a whole can be understood uh, at a, a bigger level across the whole lot. So that monitoring system can help um, direct where the power, how, how it's used. Like if a, if a solar panel panels on one house, it will say, well, put them into your own house, put the, direct the power to your own house, or direct it to another house, or direct it to a battery, because it'll, if your own battery and charge that, or finally put it into the back into the grid. So it's it, it's a decision making technology in a sense that doesn't require personal management. Mm. So is this is there a precedent for this elsewhere in Victoria or Australia, Dennis? Well, Osnet uh, their assertion is that it's, this will be the first commercially viable mini grid system in Australia. 
So, wow. so, so look, you know, and and I can't speak for the full, you know, research, but that's what they're, they're, they're and I think you know, I trust them. It's just that that's that's what they're they're saying is they're they're working towards and to to re, and to develop that and to learn, you know, with the community um, as they develop that. So it's not as if they're just coming in and saying, you know, we're going to do this to you. It's actually a serious community and deep community engagement and consultation where it's a two-way thing, you know, it's a two-way relationship. So that's the tone of the the project really is a community working with a large entity for each to achieve their objectives. And, and what's the status of that at the moment? How well we've they've got um, they've they're, they're doing the um, the engagement with all those properties now, people in households and. Um, it hasn't started yet, but but they're getting it. it, it it's a it's an it's a an idea that each household buys in and has a, a contract themselves with with uh, Osnet. It's not mm-hmm. it's not something that Tri is sort of running, mm-hmm. but it's it's Tri. So you're you're not being the commercial body. You're, no, you're no, no. We're we're we're, we're yeah. That's yeah. right. You're fostering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And have they got a projected timeline when? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not sure for that. I, I, I'm, I, if I said within a year it'd be going, that's just the way things are happening. Um, I know that they had the first. Uh, the, uh, they said that the, the first um, monitoring of that UBI system happened two days ago, like with mm-hmm. with, with one of the entities that are, will, will be in the mini grid. So they're, they're they're sort of getting on to it, you know, and it's, it's a really exciting possibility. How does this interact with other um, houses or um, community buildings that might already have solar on them? Well, that's a really important thing because that's in a way that's the second project that um, or sec- endeavour that Osnet um, are working with Yak on. So they're also put together this uh, proposal for a solar bulk buy, which is in effect to lay the groundwork for the next wave of this grid idea. To come through, so basically, it needs more houses with more solar panels. And what they said, they've put a proposal to um, the community collectively. We've got over a hundred households now have signed up to this to go into a, a, a bulk purchase for solar panels on the house. So, and again, they're individually doing contracts with each household as to what they looking at their energy requirements and what sort of panel system they'd put in place. But it's, if it's going to be compatible with that UBI system. Um, and they'll get a, a pretty good price for their solar panels because it'd be a bulk competitive, um, and um, because it's a uh, it's a trial project, uh, interest only, uh, no interest loan. Mm-hmm. So people with existing PV on their house and with a, a different monitoring system, they would need to move over to an UBI system, would they, to to be able to participate in the mini grid? I think they can because I'm. Um, there, there's some like I, I have a I have a there's some and I, I, this is where the technical thing gets a bit um, out of my range but there are some solar panel systems that don't quite fit the full compatibility with a UV and uh, they still they still can be linked though and and I'm one of them I have I have a system that was put installed before this idea came forward and and um, Osnet say well. Uh, we can still do most of the monitoring. There's a couple of elements that they won't be able to um, provide the information on with my system. But for those who are starting from zero, um, they will all be buying into a compatible solar panel um, system. So that, that monitoring aspect, that seems mm. really an essential part of the, the mini-grid process for, mm. for the, the smarts of the mini-grid yeah. and yeah. Ala- enabling all of that interaction. Yeah. 
um, is that dependent on internet access and, and is that a limitation in, in your area? I think it, it, it can be um, it, it can be enabled through your, I'm, I'm pretty sure through your phone um, it, internet's pretty good where we are but um, uh, we have our, we do have our challenges at times but it's not it's not um, it's not that's not a, a, I don't think it's not a, a limiting limit, limiting factor in this the other thing I was just going to mention was that the the system will for those people who don't have a battery at the house will provide um, input to given the price of energy mm-hmm. whatever and and in effect give a, um, a dis, uh, information about the decision when you buy a battery when's the optimal time to buy your own battery for your own household so there's there's sort of like a, an algorithm that's behind it all that's actually going to help people make their own decisions too as they go so so it makes it clear when the price point of batteries yeah. it makes it effective for people to buy into yeah. that next step yeah, yeah. Uh, are batteries included in part of the early stages for any of these uh, resonances no no i don't think i think it's the panels is the is the is the first um is the first and I guess the the purchase of the batteries would be another you know, that's another stage in the thing. Yeah. It, it's taken three years so far to get underway. What's been going on in that three years? Well, how yeah, much time have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. It goes very yeah. fast. Okay, and, so and I do know that um, you you told us uh, before the the show that you're not the technical person. Yeah. You're actually um, much more, more involved community. in the community yeah. side. So yeah. we are looking forward to getting onto that. Yeah, good. Okay, so, so look, there's been um, a lot of community education about this. Uh, there's been a lot a lot of uh, fundraising activity around this, and sometimes those things go together. And I'll just use one example, which I was involved in organising. But we had um, John Hewson, uh, the former leader of the Liberal Party, and who's now a, what, what you'd call a community um, renewable energy entrepreneur. Mm, yes. he, he's talking. He's talking up the opportunities to make money out of the renewable strategy. Yes, he is. He's, um, he's a liberal talking the truth, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's. I mean, I think he's not. He's not. Um, he's not caught up with either. Any ideology, I think he's just he's just he's just talking, and, and he talks like it's um, he's free of all of that mm. stuff. Um, and we had him and uh, Shane Howard, the former lead singer for uh, Goanna, well, the lead singer for the band called Goanna. And Shane and John, um, we had a night where John Hewson presented a lot of the facts and information and the the context for renewable energy and the rationale for doing it. But then Shane Howard was speaking about the well, singing about the sense of um, spirit and opportunity and responsibility to put this together. So we we just use that. I like to speak about this example because that night tapped both the the head, the intellect about this issue, mm-hmm. but also the heart mm-hmm. about this about this issue. Um, and we had well, three hundred people turn up, and it's a good fundraising thing too. But I think but people learn when there's an emotional prism in, in the in the vicinity. That it's got to be something that means something to you personally, to as well as intellectually, um, and uh, that's what we we believe. Um, Yak has actually signed onto this community idea because there's a lot of strong sense of this. We're responsible for each other as well as ourselves. Mm. So. For those of you that have just joined us, mm. this is the Beyond Zero Emissions Climate Solutions Show, and we're talking to Dennis Ginevan about totally renewable Yak. Um, and their ambition to uh, head to 100% renewable by 2022. Um, now, Dennis, you said that um, the Yak community has taken on endeavours like this before with your folk festival, mm. um, and that there's been a lot of in- community engagement. What's been the biggest challenge so far in 
getting the community to back a project like this? Well, I, th- I think um, it's never felt like a, a real challenge um, because the, pre- the pre-existing um, circumstances of a you know, sense of community and uh, you know, endeavour that uh, it's good for the town as opposed to good for individual people is, is pretty prevalent. Um, as, as I said, the Folk Festival um, had its 20th anniversary this year and um, that's been a major community um, activity and identity for the. It's, a, it's a, an event that identifies the town's sort of sense of um, you know who they are, what they're on about. It's mm. not. It's many other things too. There's another really interesting project called the um, Yakandanda Community Development Company. So in effect, when we are the faced with the local petrol station closing, which it was more like a franchise from a major um, mm-hmm. petrol company, the community. And, and no one wanted, no big company wanted to put another one in, or be, rebuild in another site because it was be, being decommissioned in the in the main street. It was sort mm-hmm. of redundant, but so the community got together and uh, worked towards and succeeded in getting a community-owned petrol petrol station and now farm produce outlet as well. So it was all to do with shares being issued. Community buys in. There was a X amount of capital that got into the equation to get the establishment of a petrol station and i think that may be one of the one of the few community-owned fuel outlets in australia mm-hmm. and, and and the profits i should say which is sort of very satisfying to hear the profits go back into the into the into the local community they don't go off to you know texas or somewhere they actually stay um in the community itself which but, is it makes people very proud of their own community to think that, that we can get our heads around I mean, there's lots of challenges, but there's been lots of good stories as well. Mm. They'll have to add an um, electric vehicle charging station there next day. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's always work to do. <laughs> yeah. So commercial issues are another consideration. Um, mm. How has Tri navigated this area, or has it all been up to Osnet? Have they handled that side of it? Yeah, they have. Um, Tri is, is, is the enabler, and it brings the sort of information to the fore and the possibilities, and then it, it, it exists as sort of like a, an entity that... External bodies like um, Osnet, and um, we're also working with Northeast Water, the local regional water authority, um, and, and we think others too. But w- the final arrangement, when it comes to personal ha- households, is between them and the authority that's doing it. We don't, we don't intervene and t- take a brokering, a legally, you know, a bro- legal brokering responsibility in between. It's actually, you know, we can encourage, inform create the possibility but we're not trying to sort of be the intermediary uh, in, involved legally and for um other mini grids um around there's been examples of gas and diesel as a mm. backup generator um will the yak mini grid have this there's not been talk of, of, the, of yeah, that you probably won't need it because you're still reconnected yeah the grid's um, still there yeah, yeah. Mm. I suppose, which is the yeah. best of all worlds so. yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's there's been some early days talk about um uh pumped hydro backup option too mm-hmm. so but that's just prospects as opposed to prospective as opposed to actual at the moment we're quite keen on that in this show yeah <laughs> okay yes. yeah so, so you mentioned about northeast water um, yeah. off off air you'd said about another first that northeast water yeah. and yakandana have been involved with yeah well i, I was speaking um, to there's a water conference in melbourne yesterday and today and I was speaking to which is why we're lucky enough to have you here in person yeah it's lucky yeah and um, so these authorities from all over Victoria um, but they um, uh, North East Water is one of them 
And they confirmed yesterday that, yes, this um, installation that they're putting into Yakandanda um, will be the first in Australia, and that's the first solar and battery-powered water treatment facility. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and we've, we've, that's been a partnership with them. It's their responsibility, as, as, as like with the previous project we're speaking about, but they've been encouraged and we've been working with them and supporting them to um, you know, make that happen in the town. I should say the local government has been really supportive of this, all of this too. So we've got good partners in this um, process. But that, that, it's, it's, a, it's a first, um, which you know, in, in itself is not a huge thing, but it's, it sort of does signify uh, the endeavour that's going on in, in, in this equation. And, and, yeah, the, and the changes that are afoot yeah, in this yeah, area. Yes. Yeah. So what, what has the Shire Council's role been in all of your endeavours? Well, in a, in a way, um, long ago, I won't go too much into the history, I know that we're short of time, but long ago, they, um, maybe like 10 years ago, they were facilitated some a solar northeast um, project, which was like a mapping and um, understanding what the best... Um, uh, renewable energy source was going to be and what the opportunities were for, for that to be advanced and they actually ran a also facilitated a community forum around the time that project was winding up and that's what led to try forming because within uh, indigo shire was one of the in the in the state was one of the bigger um uptakers of solar panels proportionally and then within indigo shire um Yakandanda was the town that at the time had the biggest our highest uptake. So that sort of, in a way, sort of led to Yak having a sort of a, a leadership role in, in this area, and that's because people felt, well, you know, we, we got an opportunity to advance this. So the Shire's been really supportive and um, connect and, and wants to meet with people. Like if, with, with, if there's proposals being put that have a, an advancing opportunity for the uh, aspirational goal, 100% renewable, um, if people come to come to speak with us, and, but if there's a local government regulations and uh, aspects to be considered, they uh, seem to be very supportive, and they will meet with people who you know they need to, to meet with to uh, talk about that possibility. So they're not they're, they're not blocking in in any way. It's, it's not a negative thing in any way. It's all to do with encouraging this idea to you know get oxygen and and grow. You said before that people or businesses were able to get uh, interest free loans. And so is this to do with the Perpetual Energy Fund? No, the Perpetual Energy Fund's another project. Okay, could you yeah. tell us about the Perpetual Energy yeah, Fund? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Try had some, a crowdsourcing, a, a crowdsourcing um, pro- project at the beginning, and they got about $5,000 in the first round. And what happened was that uh, that idea of the, the fund was to support individual businesses around the town to move to solar. So the fund, which has now grown to $20,000, um, goes some way to supporting and, and paying for the cost of the transition and buying into solar. So then the savings made from the uh, on the power bills pays off the loan and it comes back to um, comes back to try again and they'll go off again. So in December, I, there was a cheque sent to the footy and netball club um, for ten thousand dollars to support them to move towards the solar panels on the roof and getting all that going, and then they'll save that money and pay it back, and then we'll work on the next project. Mm. So it's it's a small fund, you know, in some ways, but it, it's certainly been a bit of a trigger to help people 
um, you know, consider it a bit more closely because it's an opportunity for them to take advantage of that. Have you had local businesses that have gone through that process yeah, already? Yeah, there's been quite a few, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and um, well, ma- ma- mainly more local organisations that are rather than businesses like this, the, the um, Shire, um, the hospital, the, I mentioned before, the community-owned gas station, petrol station, mm. um, and, and Men's Shed. There's all sorts of places that have actually done that. Mm. So I think, Dennis, technically um, these sort of uh, mini-grids and so on, I don't see a real problem with them. Mm. The, the biggest issue is actually that social one. And Yakandanda seems to be a, a bit of a shining example leading the way here for us. And, and mm. tell us more about the Yakandanda community spirit and, and what you see as different there. Well, one of the I know I know that, and, and this may exist in lots of. It's, it's not as if it's the you know, it's not, we don't want to put it up on a pedestal, but I know that it has a very high rate of volunteerism mm-hmm. and thus community engagement. Um, last year, well, we actually down to featured in one of those um, ABC Backroads programs, mm. and then last year they actually um, ABC chose to l- launch their second series from Yakandanda. Mm-hmm. and so the whole crew, the whole yeah. cavalcade of ABC, you know, they were they were broadcasting from Yakandanda for the day. They had a big celebration. It was like a a, a good. I think there's a culture of the community being prepared to have a go and connect up and be part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy thing to do because it's a small town. You'll see all the people you need to find if you walk down the street you know, a couple of days in a row. Mm. Um, so I think there's been some there's been some trigger events along the way that have actually helped to define this, and, and, and people can see this is not this is a, um, a good way to uh, to live in a community that can do all this, you know, be engaging and. I know I haven't answered your question fully, but that's just some of the things that come to mind was that that uh, spirit of, well, you know, well, we, can, uh, we can work with other people. I guess we understand it a bit in that BZE is also one of the most successful volunteer organisations, something like yep. 85% of its work is, is by volunteers. But yep. Yep. Um, I think in, in the new age we're heading to, um, that sort of community spirit is going to be absolutely vital, so we're yep. keen to get any lessons yep. we can from you. Yep, yep, yep. Well, certainly having... Um, uh, a, a process by which people get uh, consulted and, and um, respected, and you know, when when for example, when Osnet came to town and made their propositions t- to the town, that was done in a really uh, courteous and open way. So I think part of it is to actually work closely with with the community to get um, that um, buy in. That's great insight. Thanks, Dennis. Mm. So we've been talking with Dennis Skinnervin about the mini grid project in Yakandanda in country Victoria today. Thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Um, where, where can our listeners find more information? Well, we have a website, Totally Renewable Yakandanda. It's, it's easier to find and most of our stuff is on, on that. Okay, so look up, just Google Totally Renewable Yakandanda and, yep. and you can follow the links from there. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change solutions think tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, then you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and hope we'll catch you again next week. Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.